God bless you, church. Thanks for joining us online. Next time, we'd love to see you here in person. Amen. We're here in Ukaipa. Thank you for joining us to our midweek service. If you guys will join me, media team, 29, Jeremiah chapter 29, starting at verse 11. And it reads, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Verse 12 reads, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. So before we enter into this service, let us just join together in prayer to our Heavenly Father. So Lord, we surrender over this service to you. I know, Lord, I'm being here and I can, I can feel the hearts of the people worshiping you, Lord, in this place and, the, and your presence, Lord, in this place, the, the peace that you bring in this place, Lord. I know you see the hearts of the people in this place that are sacrificing time day after day, Lord, because just, just as in Jeremiah, Lord, they're seeking you. We're not perfect in the way we seek you, Lord, but, but I, I know each one of us that is here is trying. And I know there are people online that are trying to seek you, Lord. And like you said, if they would just seek you, you will be found. And that is my prayer, Lord, that we increase in hunger, that we seek you more diligently, more intentionally, so that the people that are not here with us can feel what I feel in this place right now, an overwhelming presence and peace and joy in the atmosphere in this place, Lord. That is why it's called the house of prayer, so you can come and heal the hearts so you can come and give us your presence, your love, your peace, your joy. As Jeremiah just read, you want to give us a future and a hope. But not everybody is willing to seek you, Lord. Not everybody is willing to put you first. A lot of us still have things in our hearts, our jobs, our businesses, our careers, our families, loved ones, spouses experiences we're chasing in this world that are still in front of you. And we wonder why we don't have your presence. We wonder why we're not seeing breakthroughs. We wonder why you're not there when we think you're not there. But you remain faithful, Lord, and I know that you are there. And I'm just here to remind people tonight that you are here, that your word is truth. That when you speak something, it will come to pass. But as a reminder, I pray for each one of us listening to this right now. Let us seek the Lord first above everything in our life. And you will be found. That is your word. Your unchangeable word. That is your promise to us. So Lord, be with us as we surrender this service, Lord. Don't let it be me speaking anything. Lord, just your word, your thoughts, your wisdom, Lord, from heavenly places and not from what I think people should hear. 
Never to please any itching ears. Never to make somebody feel better. Lord, we come because your word is a double-edged sword, piercing hearts down to the bone. And that is where true, real transformation happens. And that is what I wish for your people, Lord. For us to be transformed, for us to come into church, for our minds to be renewed, for us to listen to your voice, not any else, anyone else's voice except yours. So in Jesus' name, we turn this over to you. And the church says, amen. We read Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. It reads, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Pay attention to this. To give you a future and a hope. Because many times when we come into church, going through the busyness of the day, the devil's really good at planting seeds of doubt, at trying to distract us from the word of God. If he can get more television, if he can get you in front of more TikToks, if he can get you in front of anything else but the word of God in his presence, in prayer, in word, anything that draws you closer to God. And that is why we still see a lot of seats empty. Because we won't compromise the word of God in this place. And not everybody is willing to seek him and put him first. It's a, it's a, it is a hard battle, but it's, it's the only one that's worth it. What other else, what other hope do we have when God says, I, if you're struggling with anything going on in your life, and everybody is, with, in one way or another, some a lot more in different seasons and some a lot less, but that is why he has the body of Christ. If you read in the New Testament, he says, when one is low, the other that is joyful, let that other one lift the brother and the sister up. You're not meant to do this alone. So you have brothers and sisters in Christ. So I encourage you, if you're, if you're watching online, find a local church. If you're near us, 34199 Ukaipa Boulevard is where you want to find us at 7 p.m. A las 7 en la noche en martes, jueves y sábado. Amen. Amen. That's the only Spanish I have for tonight. Gracias. But if you listen to the word, words of Prophet Jeremiah, thus says the Lord, Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Again, going back to what weight are you carrying right now? Because if you would just come before the Lord, he is telling us clearly, I have thoughts of only good. He is only a good God. We can turn our backs on him, but he will remain faithful. He will be standing right there waiting for you to come back home, back to his presence like the prodigal father in, in, in the book of Luke, like we've read before, that when you decide it's finally, I've come to the end of myself, I've had enough of the problems this world, and there's only going to be more and more problems as, as we see these days unrolling, the amount of evil increasing, good is now evil, evil becoming good, the corruption we see all around us, 
as plain as day, and I, I hear from people that, I think I mentioned it to you, pastors, like there was somebody that was saying that online, I'm not even a Christian, and I can see biblical prophecies unfolding. And so, as a reminder, let us get back before our Heavenly Father who wants to give us more peace, more joy, more things that are good for us, a future and a hope, which is kind of the theme of tonight's message. And isn't that the theme of the whole book of the Bible? The promises of God that he has left for us, the ones that he has fulfilled, and the ones that we will see come to pass. And so, if we turn to 1 John chapter 5, verse number 11, it reads, And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son jesus christ can i get a witness i'm gonna read it again and this is the testimony that god has given us eternal life and this life is only god bless you joey it's a great sight to see you here in the house of god has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son, Jesus Christ. Where else in the world are we going to find these type of promises? Quick answer, nowhere. Nowhere. But like Jeremiah said, thus says the Lord, he only has thoughts of peace and not of evil for his children, for his people. To give us a future and a hope. What is that? John is saying here in chapter 5 verse 11 that this testimony, this entire Bible of God's promise, which is that the future and hope that Jeremiah was speaking about is to give us eternal life. Which is why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay a price that we could not pay. And that's why he said, goes on to say, and this life is in his son, Jesus Christ. Our Lord and our Savior. Verse 12, it reads, he who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. So as we continue to see the increase in wickedness, to, to see the world continue to try to corrupt the, the things of God, the word of God, the ones that it will get to a point where the line will be drawn. The towers are going to be built. And we will see who has the sun in their heart and in their life. And who doesn't. And, and, and as John says, we will see who will bow the, the knee to this modern day Baal, the Antichrist, when that day comes to pass. Is God truly in your heart? Are we seeking him to, to look? I don't even think we have to look for these signs anymore. We can clearly see the signs around us that his, his drawing is near. And that 
if we, I won't go much, too much into it, but in, in a couple chapters before this, John is speaking to the church and to, to, to us today that if you're found loving the world more than you love God, then the love of God is not in you. That if you're living in the flesh, if you're living against the word of God, if you don't take it seriously, you will be found. And it reads in verse 12, at the end of verse 12, and for those who do not have the Son, do not have life. And so God has given us an amazing promise, an eternal life, to give us blessings, to give us a hope, to give us a future. And then he goes to call us friends, to call us sons of God. And John is saying, who has the Son and dwelling inside of him through the Holy Spirit? In his heart, not a... Like he said before, in a couple chapters before this, if, if nothing is before God in your heart, if he's truly first, then you truly are a follower of Christ. You truly have the Son of, the Son of God living inside of you, and you will be found approved. You will be found, like John saying, this is your testimony, that God is in my heart, God has saved me, and I will hold down to that promise, the future and the hope that Jeremiah spoke about through God. That John is saying this is the testimony that we can come and proclaim that we have eternal life in the Son, which is Jesus Christ. And so, I love how they always give us the good news of Jesus. It's only bad news when we rebel, when we choose not to follow God, because there is consequences for sin and to turn away God himself in your heart. And we can do it little by little to a point where, like John says, if you love your mother, your sister, your job, your career, your business, your ambitions more than you love God, then you truly don't love God. It's not first in your heart. And it's very easy to examine yourself. You don't have to tell us. You can look at your life and see, man, is, was, where was God in my day today? Where was he in this week? Where has he been this month? Just at church, the day you decide to show up? When Jesus clearly warns us in the Gospels and throughout the entire Bible, there's a cost. Paul says it many times throughout the New Testament. I have died. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that lives. But that Christ who lives in me. So my question to you that are hearing this message is, is Christ living in you? Tonight, examine yourself. Again, it's, it's not bad news. God wants to correct those that he loves. And those that can still hear God speaking through the people that he appoints here at church, here in, even in your life. God can work through anything and anybody. So I pray that you hear the things that God is putting in your heart this very moment. Chapter, uh, I mean, verse 13 reads, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. And that's 
what I want to preach to you about is that promise that he's given us. It's eternal life. We can be like when Moses rescued the people and we can be like the people so easily and quick to forget the promise is because we were enduring trials. God is testing to see if our faith is genuine. To find out the people that we're following were, were just going with the multitude, going with the crowds, calling themselves a follower at that time. But when time, but but when Moses left up and then came back down to find them worshiping the things that were truly first in their heart, and it wasn't God. False idols, false religions idolatry, adultery, all the things they were doing. And, and they were so quick to forget all the miracles that happened right in front of them, a lot more than we've seen in our, in our lifetime. We don't see this, you know, God coming down on the mountain and clouds of thunder and fire and, and seas being split open and, and, a, and a prophet coming to rescue his people. <laughs> we, no. But he's done a lot, so, so many big and small things in our life that if you believe God, you are blessed. Because God put that in your heart. That he is real. That he has a promise. That he has only good things for you. That if you're willing to forsake the world, if you're willing to repent, turn from those things. They don't benefit you. He wants to give you things that are good, thoughts of peace. And not of evil. A future and a hope. I love, I love, love that verse. Because again, this entire Bible is the future and hope, the promise of God, which is eternal life that John is speaking about. So that we can go and carry that testimony. And that through trial and tribulation, wherever we go, wherever you find yourself, like John, I, and I love the way he ends it in this sentence. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of Son of God. Again, you're blessed if you already believe and have faith in Jesus Christ. You are already blessed. And, and he's writing to these people that believe in the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Guys, he's speaking to the church. He's speaking to us. Remember, I write to you these things. You believe in Christ. Remember where he is leading us, which is eternal life. And that you may continue to believe because, again, coming into church, doing the work of the Lord, trying to balance all the responsibilities in life, this and that. I know for a lot of people it's, it can be overwhelming. It can be, there can be a lot, again, to that price that we have to pay. But it's worth it. And, and John is writing, you have eternal life. Pay whatever price that you have to pay. Jesus said, if you, want, if you want these promises, if you want to follow me, there is a price you need to pay to pick up your cross. And that cross is different for everybody, but it's the same in a lot of ways because we're, we're all following Jesus. But there are different things in our hearts, unforgiveness, anger, things that we deal with idols in our life that we're still trying to let go, things that we're still putting in front of God that are preventing us from growing in our relationship, that are preventing us from receiving the blessings because 
You're not praying, you're not fasting, you're not reading your Bible, you're not doing the things that you once did when you first came across the gospel, soul-saving message that will give you eternal life like John is saying. So that, and he's reminding you, like, I'm just here to remind the church, everybody in here right now, where God is taking us. And that if we hold on to this promise that we have, which is eternal life, let us continue, like John says in verse 13, let us continue to believe in that name, which is of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And I, I just, when I came across this, I, I, I had to share it with you guys. To share the, 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 the gospel, the good news, the promise that God has left us through the books of John, through Jeremiah, and, and more that we'll read in a moment. But speaking to you in this church right now, pastors, Joey, pleasure to see you. Viv, uh, you're behind there somewhere. The Lawless family, Michelle, the kids, Jared. Cassidy, didn't forget you. Moose, if you're watching. To the core WBG members, the Salas family, if you're watching. Just to remind us that our the brothers and sisters in this church that we continue fighting this good fight. That we don't lose this future and hope that Jeremiah is talking about. And that we continue to seek it, like it says in Jeremiah right after verse 12. That if we continue to seek him, if we continue to work on ourselves in our relationship with God, each one of us, each family that's here, each little tribe that God has brought together to be the first ones to build these walls, to be this testimony that John speaks about, so that when new people come into the doors, that we, we continue fighting this fight because we know whose hands we're in. And we know that there is victory already won, that Jesus came down and conquered death and provided us the gospel and the promise, eternal salvation for those that will receive him, for those that will testify and trust and have faith in this one name alone. So that when we go and testify this good news to our friends and our family, that we, we don't lose hope and we continue working, seeking God day after day, night after night, and doing whatever it takes because it's worth it. And so this message, if you turn to Galatians chapter 3, we'll continue it. Galatians chapter 3, starting at verse 26. Galatians 3 verse 26, it reads, and this is uh, Apostle Paul speaking and writing. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Let me read that again. For you are all sons of God through faith. How, how blessed are we? 
Because if you look, compared to the Old Testament, the laws and everything that you had to do to become a Jew and become, you know, follow the laws. And, and if us like Gentiles wanted to pursue, we had to do different things like get circumcised and do all these, you know, things. To, all it takes is, is confessing and, and putting your faith in one name alone, as Paul is saying, in Christ Jesus. And then once you do that truly from the bottom and top of your heart. If you have true faith in that name, Christ Jesus, you will be saved. And then you become a son or daughter of God. How blessed are we? And how easily, easily sometimes we can forget when we're not in the word, when we're, when we're letting things come before us day to day, week to week. Like, man, you are a child of God. Here to remind you. With this message, who you are, even when you've been a prodigal son, because I've been there as well. Even if people don't see it, in your heart you can become a Pharisee. You can become a, a prodigal son. Because God sees the heart. When the Pharisees and Sadducees in the day when Jesus was preaching, he knew their heart. They, they played the part right in the churches. And guess who were the ones to go and try to set up Jesus and trap him, which they eventually did, were those that were in the church. So God sees the intentions of our heart. And so when you, when you give your, your heart and your faith and your trust in, in Christ Jesus, as Paul is saying, you become a son and a daughter of God. And so verse 27 reads, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ... Neither, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Verse 29, and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Again, 29 reads, and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 talks about, let's turn there for a second. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 reads, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and give in himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But verse 1 again, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. And if we look back to ver, uh, chapter 3 in Galatians, verse 29, it reads, And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So if we are children of God... Ephesians chapter 5, we just read, it says, Therefore be imitators of Christ as children. Brother Jared, you were just talking about how you admire looking at your children, right? And how they imitate their parents, how they love the way you see that Christ loves. They're so just pure innocence in children. And you see it in yours. And, and how they inspire you and you admire them for the love they carry. And God is saying, be imitators of Christ as children. 
according to the promise. We're reading now in Galatians again, verse 29, chapter 4 now. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he, though he is master of all. Now that I say, verse 1 again, now, that, now I say that there that the heir, as long as he is a child. So my question to you is, are you, is your faith childlike? When he speaks these words, when you listen to him, whose voice are you hearing right now? The words that we're reading from Scripture, which is the Word of God? Or has the devil come and corrupted your heart, corrupted your mind? Has somebody else gotten into your ear? Which we've seen warnings from the disciples and Apostle Paul throughout New Testament where he warns you, beware of who you listen to. Beware, do not eat at the table of sinners and scoffers. And, and who you surround yourself with is very important. We are to go preach this to those that are lost. We are to go and, and bring the hope and the light in darkness around us, in dark homes, in dark cities, in dark neighborhoods. He says, remember the poor, and we do plenty of that here. But he says, now I say that the heir, which is the children of God, and that is you, because you've put your faith in Christ, church, that the heir, as long as he is a child, again, the question is, are you like a child with your faith? Can you hold on to these words and, and the promise which we're reading, which is eternal life, like John wanted to remind us? He says, I write these things to you so that I remind you that you continue to believe because life, it can be tough, church. You will be persecuted, some in different ways, but some with their life. Can you have the childlike faith to go where God is calling you? Or are you resisting the Holy Spirit? Are you resisting the calling that God has for you in your life? Because things are in front. Your selfish ambition, the things that you want to do with your life, Examine the way you're talking to yourself. Examine who you're listening to. Is it from your own heart or is it from the, God, the heart of God? But because I promise you in Isaiah, in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah reads that, that God, God's thoughts are greater than our thoughts. His ways are greater than ours. This is why Jeremiah says, if you will seek him, you'll find him. And if you'll commune with, commune with him, if you have a relationship with him, if you seek him with your whole heart, as it reads, if you listen throughout scripture, with the heart, there are promises waiting for you. Jeremiah, a future and a hope, thoughts of peace and not of evil. I love, and I'll just read it really quick because, I, again, you have, you, have, you have to hold on to scripture in your heart. That's the only way to overcome any battles that you're facing. The only hope that we're going to have that is greater. If you were to take the gospel that we're preaching to any other country, let's, let's use third world countries for examples. If you were to take the gospel that's being preached at different churches, will it apply to those that are in persecution, that are hanging on for your dear life. I know, pastors, you just went into the enemy's territory out there where in TJ to go preach the gospel, to go bring the light in a very dark neighborhood. And for many of us that know what's going on, for those that don't, the cartel running around and a lot of evil going on right over the border. 
And so if we cannot take this gospel that will bring a future and a hope to those that are losing family members, can, can you imagine the amount of pain seeing, and you testified and told me some things of, of what they do, right? Not only in Mexico is there a lot of evil running rampant, but in third world countries where people are trying to survive off dirty water and no shelter, where there's no technology still in Africa or China or these other places. If you're preaching anything else but the true word of God about prosperity that we see in a lot of fallen away churches, do you think somebody that lost all their family members due to some evil cartel or, or militia army, whatever's going on in other countries, do you think they want to get more houses, more cars, more money? No. They need some real healing that only God can bring. They need a real future and a real hope that is only found in the gospel of Christ. And that is why it is so important that you have that real relationship with Christ. And you, and you hear the voice and the words and the promise and the hope that he's laid before us. So that when we do go into dark neighborhoods around the world like you guys went into, into Tijuana, where your life was at risk, the longer you're there, the more likely you are not to come back. What hope does somebody have? It's eternal life and in one name alone as we've read. And that is the good news. And that is why John is saying, keep that in your heart. Don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. I, he says, I write to you in that verse in, chap, in chapter 5, verse 13. He, he was saying, I write this to you for a reason, so that you may continue to believe, continue to have hope, continue to fight, church, continue to grow, continue to read your word, continue to cry out to God. If you have healing that you need in your heart, if there's still unforgiveness, if there's still anger, if there's still blemishes, if you're still found with spots in your life, in your heart, in your mind, then there are some things you need to work on. And I hope this pierces your, your heart and, 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 and your ears right now if that's anything like you. Because God is so merciful, he's given us more time to work on ourselves, to work on our relationship, because he wishes that none should perish. How beautiful is that? I was just thinking today, like, how, how quick time is flying by. Like, this, all this from thousands of years ago, from Genesis when Moses was here to, to the very beginning of time, like, it wasn't that long ago. It was like a few thousand years ago, not that long, 2000, when, when the Word became flesh, when God, the invisible God, manifested himself through Jesus Christ. When God so lovingly, so kindly, with so much grace and mercy said, you know what, it's the perfect time for, for, to send my son to give them this good news. To let them know that he's going away with the law that Jesus Christ, the only one that could fulfill it, fulfilled it. Paid a price, a sacrifice, willingly to go to the cross and endure so much pain and so much trial and tribulation. You think it was easy for Jesus when he was here? doing ministry for those three years, the sleepless nights, the thousands of people that were coming to him day and night, day and night, 
And he kept every single law being so pure, so good, that if, for those that had faith, he restored them back to life. He gave sight to the blind. He healed the lame. He healed the sick. Did the miraculous. Even with all those signs and wonders, it is amazing to know and see that people then, with all that happening, no one, no one even in Scripture says, who, who can heal the blind? Who in the timeline of history has ever done that? Nobody. No one's raised the dead, healed the blind, casted out leprosy, and done all these works of miracles. And the hearts were so hardened in that day with those Pharisees that I'm sure the devil himself was working in them to go and allow that type of evil to go against the one that was doing only miracles and only good. Giving a future and a hope to the people that didn't have it. And there are many people in our houses struggling with depression, struggling with suicidal thoughts. What hope do I have? They asked themselves, I've been there, and that's what led me to Christ. What hope do I have? What hope do I have in my job, in my ambitions for business, careers, the worldly things, experiences? I had none, and that's when I came to the end of myself, and God knocked on my heart so loudly that day. I'll never forget it, and he said, it's time for you to come home. It's time for you to put your faith in the, the name of my son, Jesus Christ, and it's time for you to receive this promise, Frank, of eternal life, and that's what he has for each one of us. Let us not forget it, those that are listening online, a promise of eternal life, a promise of only good things if you're willing to pay a small price. And in Romans, Paul, Paul writes, it's our reasonable service. You're getting an immense gift that's unmeasurable. We can measure a bank account. We can measure materialistic things found on earth. But we cannot measure the kingdom of God and the glory that he has, his power, his mercy, his grace. It's, it's immeasurable. And that's what he's given each one of us. And that's what I'm just here to remind everybody listening right now. As it reads in chapter 4 of Galatians, verse 1, Now I say that the heir, church, the heir, that's us, the children of faith, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is a master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage and under the elements of the world, but when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons and daughters, WBG, because you are sons and daughters of those listening online that have put their faith in Christ, which gives you the right, as it reads in the previous verse, you become adopted and then a son or a daughter in the kingdom of God. Verse 6, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, what is in your heart right now? Are you crying out for more entertainment, more blessings for things of this world? Or are you crying out, Abba, Father, for his will to be done? For the things for his kingdom to grow with more souls that need to be saved. 
Abba, Father, with the things that you struggle with, that we all struggle with one way or another. Abba, Father, set me free of this bondage. In Hebrews it reads, it, paraphrasing, for the sins that so easily ensnare us, for, for the temptations of the world to slowly start creeping back in, when you start drifting away from God, son and daughter of Christ, guess what's going to start to creep in? The world. And who is the God of this world? Satan. And when you're living in the world, as John in the book of 1 John reads, when you're living in the world and the love of the world is more great in your heart, and when you're not crying out for Abba Father, but when you're crying out for more blessings for your business, when you're only crying out when, when you think he's a genie and you want him to fix something, when you never paid any price, like Paul says, it's a, you're a reasonable service to at least pick up your cross, church. As he was preaching to Romans then and to the many New Testament books, he's been preaching ways and corrections to, to bring the church back to its first love. And that's why I love Revelation, because it ties it all up, the future and the hope that Jeremiah was talking about. The promise that if we hold on, if we correct our ways, like the seven churches if we correct our ways, each church having a different problem, each person in church, if you're still struggling with a different problem, if there are idols that's still in your heart, if there are still things that are hindering you from drawing closer to God, if you're crying out for things of this world more than you are crying out for Abba, Father, it reads in verse 7, chapter 4, Therefore you are no longer a slave but a son, and if a son... Then an heir of God through Christ. Can I get a witness? Because that is the church for those that have put their faith, for everybody here, for every family and every person that I've called out. And those online, for those with the faith in Christ, no longer a slave but a son. And if a son or daughter, whoever you are, then an heir of God through Christ. And we've, and we've read in 1 John that, that great promise. And throughout this entire Bible, the great promise. The salvation, which is eternal life with God. I don't have enough time to, to continue reading the, the rest of the message. I'll try to summarize, su sum it up for you in a timely manner. Otherwise, I know I can go over a lot of time here. But if we'll... We'll finish here. I want to leave you with a couple verses that should be a blessing for you to, to read and be reminded about. 1 Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. It reads... But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, who once were not a people. That was all of us in our life. 
we were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. How great is our God? Because he tells you, you become a child of God. You are an heir of God. You are a chosen generation. We were chosen, each one of us, specifically chosen to be a part of the Perez family, the Lawless family, the Alba family, the Lopez family, the Celis family, the Sadiq, right? Moose. We were all chosen within our own families, but then out of that, living in darkness with no hope, true hope in our lives, we heard the saving gospel message of Christ. And from then, when we put our faith and, and trust in God, he says, you are now a chosen generation. We were chosen for this year in 2022 to be in Yukaipo. We were chosen for this generation to be the light of the world because you are a royal priesthood. Don't give up on your friends, your family, for those that are lost in the world. Because you are chosen for this generation to rise up. Everybody listening in this church, you were chosen. So don't let the enemy steal that from you. Don't let the enemy corrupt your mind. Don't live in any other false doctrine because God himself says you were chosen before the foundations of this earth. Get that in your mind and get it in your heart. A royal priesthood, it goes on to say, a holy nation, because one day we will be in eternity and have eternal life where there is no more pain, there is no more suffering, no more sadness, no more death inside of a holy nation with a holy God. But he has given us this appointed time for each one of us to use each day to let the Holy Spirit dwell in us more and more through the word of God to be sanctified, to be purified, to rise up to be that chosen man and woman of God in this day and age, in the year of 2022, to be in Ukaipa preaching the everlasting gospel that we will now bow down to for any man, any woman, or any other God because we know who we stand for. That is for our holy God. He isn't just holy as it proclaims. He is holy, holy, holy. And we will be a holy nation. Even now we can be a holy church. I think you need to rename it to Holy WBG. Because we are going to raise up some holy WBG warriors for the kingdom of God. Because he says we are his own special people. That we may proclaim the praises to him. Nobody else but to him. So when you get thrown in prison, church, give praises like Paul to him who called you out of darkness, out of death. And that's what John is saying. No matter what you go through, he sees your pain, he sees your struggle, but he knows when you're trying. And he wants you to draw closer and closer and closer and just give him praise, honor, and glory. And when you seek him, like it says in Jeremiah, with your whole heart, you will find him. And from there, you will know you have gone from death to life, from darkness into his marvelous light. As a reminder, because we were all once there, we were all lost. And there are so many people struggling right now, lost, without hope. 
And Jeremiah reads that God has come to give us a hope in the future, a life of peace and not filled with evil and torment because perfect love casts out fear. And when we face evil, we won't have that fear. Maybe for a second, it's hard to tell. But when God dwells in you, you know where you're going. You're willing to pay the price. Which will lead you, as it says, when the love of Christ is in you, you know where you're going. You're a son and a daughter of Christ. You have been approved and you have, you have the right, you're an heir to his kingdom. And you will enter the gates so we may, be, we may see the holiness and the glory and the power of the God that we serve. Let me finish here in Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 13. Ephesians 1, chapter verse 13, verse 13, it reads, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So church and people listening online, for you in him you trusted. Not trusting in the government. Not trusting into any other name. No matter what name you hear, no matter what religion comes up, there is one name alone. It says in him who we all know to be Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Because you've heard the truth. And I hope you're reminded of it right now. Because it says, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You have become, in other words, a child of God. You who once had no hope, now have a hope you can hold on to. So when we bring this, as it says, gospel of your salvation, to those suffering and hanging on for dear life in the streets, here in the States, or, or in other countries, as we see right now, fighting for life for their families, who, like you who said, Sister D, who people were saying, I don't know if tomorrow I'll live. So what hope do we have in a world filled with so much evil? Is it the promise, like a lot of churches say, if you believe in God and you tithe, you'll have better houses, better cars, and a better future? No, because it's not always pretty, and it's not always painless. But it says in for, verse 14, who is the guarantee of your inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the, the praise of his glory? So the guarantee of our inheritance to those that put their trust in faith. If you have no other hope right now, or if you're putting your hope in other things, can I, can I rely on my business to get me through this economy coming up? Can I rely on my wife or my spouse or my pastors to get me into heaven? No, it reads, in him you trusted, who is the guarantee. It says before that, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Church, if you put your faith and your trust wholeheartedly and genuinely, that is the guarantee you've been sealed and you become a child of God. Even if you've struggled and if you failed, we all have. There's not one person righteous in this place, in this generation, or has existed except for Jesus Christ 
himself, which is why he says we must trust him. Put your trust and faith in him, the word of truth, and that is the gospel of your salvation. So if you're looking for a hope, if you're looking for more peace, like it says in Jeremiah, if you're looking for a future and hope that you don't have, because everything right now is crumbling in your heart, your business, your marriage, whatever it is, or the hope that's crumbling because you put it in the wrong place. Right now, you put your hope in one place, in one person, in one name, and you'll have everlasting life. And that is, it says, the gospel of your salvation, church. That is the gospel of your salvation, those that come across this message listening online right now. And that is the gospel that we will carry into the streets wherever we go. So like John in chapter 5 of 1 John was saying at the end of his writings in the end of that chapter or verse, I just came to remind you as I stand here before you, church, just to remind you like John was saying, that you continue to do the good work of the Lord. Continue rising up men, Jared, Pastor, Joey, Moose, everyone listening online. That you be the man of God you were called to be. You be the woman of God you were called to be in this generation. And I want to end it with one more verse. I keep saying it, but one more. One more. And this is the last one. Like John, I just, he wanted to remind the church of the good news that we have. The eternal life, the eternal promise. And before he got to that point, he was correcting the church. What do you love more in your heart, the world or God? But he's reminding him, like, I'm just here to remind you of the great promise that each one of us have. Let's turn to John chapter 10. Gospel of John chapter 10. Starting at verse 27 to 29. And we'll end it here. John 10, verse 27, and it reads, and this is Jesus, the end of his parable about the sheep. Reads, verse 27, my sheep, this is the words of Jesus, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Verse 29, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. So tonight, being a sheep for Jesus Christ. And I'm trying not to yell as loud as I can into this mic. Do you hear what he is saying? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they know me. Maybe you know him just a little bit. Maybe you didn't take your walk seriously. Maybe they're still, like he was saying, to go later on in 1 John, saying, hey, church, a lot of you still have uh, the world in your heart. And it's proven by the fruits that you're producing, which is none. It's proven, it's very obvious, so, so much that I need to write this to you to correct your ways. But we read it here that 
Jesus is saying, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they know me. So as the blessing of this day, tonight, get on your knees, get in your word. Get to know the voice of God. And it says, they follow me so that we can follow him. God has plans, a future, and a hope. God has more, like you said in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. God's ways are better in our ways in every single way. But we're still putting the world, our ambitions, or things before Christ, which is why we're not following him. We're not hearing his voice. Instead, we're listening to the desires of our own heart, of our own ambitions, of the things that are of the world and not of the kingdom of God. So tonight, let us hear his voice and be reminded because he says, I know them. When you start to hear his voice, you'll start to get the answers that you're seeking in your life. And it says, and they follow me and I give them eternal life. The promise, the gospel of your salvation, church, I give them eternal life. So when the struggle gets real, when the struggle gets hard, when people start to pass away or even your own life is on the line, know who you serve. Know where you're going. Know who called you. I give them eternal life. God himself came down from heaven to preach this and said, I give them eternal life. And then I love the way he ends it. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father, church, my father who has given them to me, church, we were given to Christ by the Father. You were chosen in this generation. You were chosen to have faith in Christ because it says, in them to me is greater than all. And then it reads, and I'll finish here, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Nobody, no enemy, nothing can snatch you from the Father's hand. So let us give him a shout of praise in this moment. No one, once you are in the potter's hand, nobody can snatch you out. No words of the enemy, no attacks of the devil, no, even, nobody is too far or too gone to be saved with this message. That is why he left us so much scripture. That is why we have the parable of the prodigal son that is why in Hebrews it says, even when you're not faithful, I am. So just come home like the prodigal son. What are you waiting for? I have a future. I have a hope. Just get off the TV. Put away the things of the world and let me be the king and father you need in your heart because I have eternal life for you, son and daughter. So get rid of the things in your heart that's keeping you from God, church. Anyone listening online? Because there are greater things for us. But like John was saying in chapter 5 and 1 John, read it and reread it and get it into your mind in a lot of the scripture. But I love it. He was saying, I just write to you to remind you, continue working, church. Continue doing the good things for God. Don't give up. Because there is eternal life, a holy gift that only God can give waiting for you. And so let us be like the sheep and the child that we've read tonight. The sheep that hear his voice. That nobody can snatch us out of the Father's hand. That even when we're unfaithful, he still is. So we can, we're blessed, we're still here. We have time to get on our knees and pray, forgive us. Pray, forgive me. Pray for, for my lack of faith. Pray for my unbelief like the disciples were back in the day. Help me increase my faith, Lord. 
What is it that's stopping you from stepping up and stepping into Christ? Try to use an excuse to God on the day of judgment. My job was more important. My business was more important. You think that's going to go well? It's like when a kid, I love how he references kids and to be like a kid because we've been there and we've all tried to make excuses when we know we're wrong in front of our parents as a kid. And you just see that look like there's no, no, you know what you did was wrong. You know who you served, which was the devil. Because if you're not a child of God, you're a child of the devil. And that's a scary thing. Get in your Bible. Get on your knees. And draw close to the one that can give you the future and hope and everlasting life. And I just pray that this was received and encouraged a lot of people here in the church as it did for me. As clearly you can see, I'm, I'm sweating everywhere. So that's the end of the message. Let me end it with some, some quick prayer. Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be here and stand before you, Lord. You know, I tell you, and I'll be honest with you, I, Lord, I don't want to do this because I fear you. I don't want to do this wrongly. I, I humble myself even right now, Lord. I hope and I pray if you'll continue to use me, use me however you see fit, Lord. And that's how everybody should be in the house of the Lord. It can be a fearful thing. It can be, what's the word? Um, the word, not, I forgot the word. Tem not tempting, but ah, Lord, you know what it is. Daunting, the Lord, this task is so great. Like the prophets in the early days, this task is so great. Like Gideon, who am I, Lord? Who am I but the lowest in my house? And that's a lot of us today. Who am I, Lord? But if you just humble yourselves and give your heart to Christ, he'll use you. So, Lord, let us all surrender our hearts to you tonight and be willing to be used by you and be willing to let go of anything holding us back to draw near to you, close to you, Lord. So we just give this night, this day of worship, this night of worship and words over to you. Lord, continue to be the lamp to our feet and, and, and the light to our path, direct our steps, Lord, even though as it reads in Proverbs, man will plan his ways, but ultimately you direct our steps, so direct our steps, God. I pray for the church that you direct every one of our steps and that we stop resisting you, that we stop going a, a different way, but on the path that you directed. Lord, I pray that this went into the hearts of your people as it just went deeper into mine. Lord, and that we just be reminded, like John was saying, through your word, that we continue to fight the good fight, that we continue to pray for one another. Lord, to serve one another. And for those that are lost in the world, to bring, this, bring them this great news. So all the honor and all the glory, Lord, just we give it over to you. And the church says, amen. Amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. Amen. Thank you, Brother Frank. May the Lord bless your life. Thank you for the word. Spoke to our lives. That's always a good reminder that the Lord has better plans for us, amen, better than what we can create, amen.
So I just want to give a few reminders, brothers and sisters. Don't forget this Saturday, we start at 12 noon. Amen. Can I get a witness in this in the house of the Lord? Don't forget this Saturday, we're going to start service just this Saturday at 12 noon. And then we're going to head out to uh, support our pastor, Fernando Soa, in the beautiful city of Santa Ana. And then afterwards, church, if you guys are good brothers and sisters, they will hit out some tacos. Amen. I know you guys are already savoring that. Amen. But hallelujah, we'll get together on Saturday and we'll make sure everybody that wants to go from here, we're probably going to leave from here, from church, from service, straight out to uh, Santa Ana. Amen. Uh, once again, brothers and sisters, also don't forget that Next Saturday, the the 24th, we also have Pastor Rodolfo Serrato's church in Beaumont. Um, that's going to be at uh, 1 p.m. 1 p.m. So we'll get together, brothers, before we, we start hitting those, these events. We'll get together. We'll organize ourselves and make sure that we're also we don't want a uh, lack of our, uh, of our service here. Amen. We also have to be blessed in, our, in, in the church of God. Hallelujah. So, I think we're all in agreement, brothers. Amen. Looking for that blessed hope. Amen. Who's looking for that blessed hope? Can I get a witness in the house of God? Who's looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ? And let us... Make sure that we always display the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? Who wants to display the fruits of the Spirit? Amen. Or who wants to display the fruits of the flesh? Nobody? No, nobody, right? It's always the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? So let us pray, brothers and sisters. I think the announcements are done. Let us pray so that way we can be excused. Hallelujah. And we came out of our responsibility. This is our duty to make sure that we come out of our responsibility and duties with, with men and God. Amen. So thank you, Lord. And don't forget, brothers and sisters, that when you guys are given the responsibility, the, the responsibility and the duty to come up here and pray, make sure you guys do your due diligence, which I know you guys do. But always pray. You know, I like what, what how Brother Frank ended it with prayer, started with prayer. Thank you, Brother Frank, and I know you guys are doing that. But I encourage you guys, as the pastor of this church, I encourage you guys to get deeper into the Word of God. Start getting into your, increasing your prayer life. Make sure you guys increase in your relationship with Christ. You guys don't have a relationship with your pastors here. It's with Christ. I didn't give my life for you guys. Amen? He gave it all for us. And we owe Him everything. Don't put your eyes on men. And that means don't even put your eyes on ministers, on pastors. Don't put your eyes on men that will fail you. Put your eyes on Christ. And your only Savior. Hallelujah. Why don't we pray, brothers? Abba. Father. We come, Father God, before you, Lord. To ask you, Lord, for forgiveness of sin, Lord. If any of us, Father God, in this congregation, Father God, have offended you, Father, that you may forgive us, Lord. So that way our prayers, Father God, will not be hindered, Father. 
We ask you, Lord, that you open up the heavens, Father God, and let us perfume, Father God, with our prayers, Father God. Let it go up there as incense, Father God, perfuming, perfuming your throne, Father God. And I just ask you, Lord, that you just be attentive to the prayers of this place, O oh Lord. Don't hide your ears from us, O oh Lord. And always, Father God, let us feel you near to us because your word says that you draw near to us, Lord. And I thank you, Father God, and I hold on to the promises that you have given us, Lord. The promises of eternal salvation. Let me be reminded, Father God, that you are still a God that creates and makes miracles, Father God. That you, Father God, still, you're still working in our lives, Father God. But also I pray, Father God, for the prodigal sons, Father God. And I'm seeing, Father God, that you're working inside my family, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. There are no words that can express, Father God, the joy that I have in my heart, Lord. I thank you, Father God, and your word is truth. And your word says, Father God, that you require, Father God, just faith as small as a mustard seed. But we should never stay or remain with that faith of a mustard seed. We should always increase in faith. Just like the... In the, just like in the book of Hebrews, Father God, chapter 11, where you have, Father God, your gallery of men and women, Father God, that they increase in faith. They all had their struggles, Lord. They all had their faults, oh Lord. They were just men just like us, Father. But they believed you, Father God. And let us be like those people, Father God, that you left us as an example. Let us believe you more and more in our daily walk, Lord. Let us come, Father God, and be reminded, oh Lord, just like Sarah, Father God, you promised her that she would bear a son. And she laughed. But she had that little faith, that faith of a mustard seed. And that's all you needed, Father God. That's all she needed. And she was honored, Father God, that you even mentioned her in the book of Hebrews, Lord. I can only imagine, Father God, the things that you are writing of us, O oh Lord. Let us be, Father God, men and women of valor, Lord. Let us not go back, Father God. Let us not go backwards, Father God. But let us keep moving forwards, Lord. For I know that you will, you will write, Father God, the good things, Father God, that we have done for your kingdom, Lord. Write them, Father God, in the book of remembrance, Lord. Let it be a testimony, Father God. Let us do more good things, Father God. And let us not fail you, Father God, in this walk. Because we know that you're the author of our faith. And you will be our finisher of our faith, O oh Lord. And I thank you, Father God, for my brothers and sisters. Thank you, Father God, for this great congregation, Father God. We're not, we, we might not be many, Father God, but like I always profess... And I confess with my mouth because I believe this, Lord. We are not many, Father God, but we are mighty in word. And we are mighty in faith, Father God. And if anyone lacks faith, Father God, let them come, Father God. Just like the woman in the well, Father God, that she thirsts, Father God. And you said, I will give you a water that will quench your thirst, that you will never thirst again. Let, Father God, those people that lack faith, let their faith increase, Lord. Let them believe, Father God. Let them examine themselves, Father God, 
and let them do an introspection of themselves, Lord. And if there's anything that they need to fix in their lives, Father God, let them come, Father God. Let them humble themselves, O oh Lord. And let them come to the cross. Because we know, Father God, that you are faithful to forgive us our sins, O oh Lord. And let us reconcile, Father God, with our brothers and sisters. If we have offended anyone, Father God, forgive us, O oh Lord. And let us operate in humility, Lord. I thank you, Father God, for this blessings. I, Father God, Father God, I thank you for the, for, for the offerings, Father God, that have come forward, Father God. I pray that you bless them, Father God, but I also pray, Father God, that you bless those that also give them joyfully, Lord. Provide for them, Father God. Let, open up their spiritual eyes and let them see, Father God, that you will open up the, the doors of heaven, Father God, and you will pour out such a blessing that we will not have space to contain it, O oh Lord. I believe it, Father God. I believe that there's a, a blessing coming to this ministry, Lord. I believe it with all my heart, Father. And I hold on to your promises because you're not man that you should lie, Father. But you are God and you are faithful. And you will come through with your promises, Lord. I have that faith. Let me walk in faith and then not by sight, Lord. Let me always increase, Father God. Let me be, Father God, a good example before your people, Lord. Let me, Father God, always operate in dignity, Father God. Operate in humility, Lord. Operate, Father God, in truth and righteousness, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Keep me humble, Lord. When I see, Father God, the attacks or the, the attacks of the enemy, Lord, let me, Father God, have understanding, Father God, to rebuke that is not the things that are not from you, Lord. And to call out sin for what it is, Lord. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. We know, Father God, that you're in control. Let us not fear for what may come, Father God, but let us stand, Father God, in the rock of our salvation, Jesus Christ, your holy Son. And today, Father God, I bless all these people. Blessed be their coming and blessed be their going. I bless every single one of them. I bless the children, Father God, that you bless them, Father God. Watch over them. Protect their little minds, Father God. Protect them, Lord Jesus, as they sleep, oh, Lord Jesus. And I ask you, Father, that you take us home safely, Lord. Let us get a good night's rest, Father. We pray for all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the church says, amen and amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters. We are excused. Let us always display the love of the brethren. Amen. God bless you, brothers.